Hello and welcome back to another Tough Rugby podcast. I'm pleased to announce we've got the two usuals in the studio, Harvey and Zach. Boys, how are you in this cold, dark, miserable November evening? Uh, yeah, I don't know about you boys, but um, Scotland's quite crisp and clean tonight. You know, absolutely Baltic, don't get me wrong, Front room's freezing, but it's quite nice. So, yeah, sucks for you. I it's, just find it, it sad, like, it's dark at half four here. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's a bit wet, windy, but it's winter, I guess, isn't it? So Half four, that's ridiculous. It gets dark at three here. Like, I'm not even joking. It legit gets dark at three. Like, it's brutal. Like, the sun sets at, like, half 11 in the morning. It could be worse, <laughs> though. We could be in, like, Scandinavia, where they literally don't see sunlight for two months. So. I, but to be fair, you know, sunsets at 2 a.m. in the summer. Like, I'm personally willing to deal with the crappy winters for a decent summer. It sounds like a it sounds like a plan. I know they do a golf tournament out there actually. It's like a midnight golf tournament and you tee off at I think it's like two AM. Ridiculous. But that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Imagine that. Play work, finish work, do everything, and then you just go out and play golf. Just go play golf. Just don't sleep. (laughs) Sleep's sleep's Uh, irrelevant. To be fair, I know guys who live in Thurso, which is like the northern part of Scotland, and like they just play golf. They just wake up at like three AM and just play golf. Honestly, couldn't think of anything. I'm really missing it with this lockdown at the moment, I'll be honest. Something yeah. you something you can't beat though is just in the dark under the floodlights. Good rugby. Um, something we all yes. love and love and enjoy. Floodlights yeah. in the uh, Meadowbank Arena in Magherfelt, <laughs> Royal School Dungannon, uh, hitting a droppy from the ten meter line. And the Mr. days, Boy, the days, those were the days. Those were the days. That doesn't get talked about enough. I'm just being perfectly honest. Harvey, like I hit, I hit a drop goal from like ten meters. The ref gave advantage. To be honest, I should have done it. I should have went for the corner. I was gonna say that's you gotta get some launch on that, haven't you? It was it was decent. Like it was like (laughs) oh, it was I wasn't even standing back enough. Like it was three G pitches there. What do you think? Three G pitches like um, something. I'm I'm thinking the launch angle's got to be on that. That's not you're not giving yourself too much to get it over and over. I did forget about that one. It's actually coming back to me now. You talk about it, Zach. But it was decent. Remember myself kneeling a touchline conversion on the four G pitches and. Thinking I was on rail and then going one from the ten and it dropped about twenty meters short because I realized <laughs> it was just a good strike the first one. Um yeah. good times, anyway, good times. um Zach, I'm just wondering is is there any rugby news knocking about? Dominici um sadly passed away this week. Um condolences go out obviously to his family. Such a such a tragic loss, I think, for the whole of rugby, not just French rugby, just especially um just an incredible winger. He was just a great player. Um, and quite a few World Cups as well um, and even you know Rugby 08 um, fantastic player on that with a wee star above his head so no um, yeah condolences go out to his family on that uh, and then also um, I guess moving on Argentina again um, another I was going to say win draw but like mental win you know what I mean um, I don't know if you boys watched it like but it was I'm, get, I'm getting my shirt tough I'm going to do it yeah, no, I got up early and watched it. I love, I love that that early morning games. I do. I love the Super Rugby Arturoa. Just get up, watch some rugby, get on with your day. It's great. Mm. Um, but no, I thought Argentina where they kind of they were fading away, but they came back really strong and ended up the stronger side with the last ten minutes and maybe felt they could have won it. But then again, Australia had an advantage. I think with about a minute to go and. Pattaya decided to send a grubber kick through and it was advantage over, which was also stupid. So I do feel both sides should have won it. 
Yeah. Um, and then right at the end, big Pablo Materas, big punt upfield, and Cordero got absolutely after it, and it just went out. But an exceptional game, and I feel uh, a draw is a great result, especially though with the rugby championship being in Australia. I think it has to go down as a win for Argentina yeah. to draw in Australia. All the teams now in six points, and yeah, we said we wanted that. We wanted not yeah. an anomaly, and looks like we could have a good rugby championship on our hands. Yeah, my main question is, do you want to get the shirt or do you want to get the training shirt? Because the training shirt looks decent. <laughs> but guys, here, discussion for another time, all right? Discussion for another time. You've got, to go, you've got to go You've got to go. the jersey, like, you've got to go. I don't know. I just, the kit. Just send in the options yeah. into the group chat, Zach, and we'll, we'll have no, a discussion on it. And then... hope you send the options. Black Friday sale, you never know. We might get some yeah, cheeky. They're really hard to get. Like, if, if anyone's listening to this, please point us in the right direction for a website for getting Argentina tops. You need, like, a classic football shirts, but a rugby website. Classic football shirts, you can just buy any top literally you want from the last 20 years from any European club. Can't be a wee retro, retro, retro jersey anywhere. But a wee retro Argentina U7 jersey, that's what I'm thinking. From the World Cup. In <laughs> that brings back bad France. memories. You don't want that. No, oh, but Ar- Argentina, that's memories. like kind of the birth of Argentinian rugby when they were just, it's true, it's true. when they beat France at their own World Cup and then put Ireland away and got through to the, I think the semi-finals in the end. They did unbelievable in that World Cup. Oh, France will have a chance home World Cup again 2023 to put all that behind them because the pressure of a home World Cup is just a different gravy so well, I'm really excited when the World Cup comes around but I guess this Autumn Nations Cup is a great chance to kind of see who's in the pecking order so just finishing Australia where would you put Australia in terms of best team in the world at the minute we're talking South Africa haven't played really so take them out of it but New Zealand and England still looking strong Ireland and Wales still developing Scotland okay yeah I don't want to uh, I don't want to put you know us in the same bracket as Wales like we're not that <laughs> bad like, we're I don't bad. Know, maybe. say Ireland oh, Scotland oh. Wales can all beat each other on their own day um where would you throw Argentina into that are they above yeah, an Irish side point. so like I would definitely go best team in the world at the moment is South Africa um, yeah, I agree with that one. Um, I think I just think they are like Harvey. You had an unbelievable stat, which I think maybe we'll see it for the Ireland game because it's really topical. It, it ties in well um, with the Ireland game, which we will bring does. out as a little teaser for you guys. Uh, yeah, just stay tuned to just listen to this. Um, yeah, so like definitely, I think it goes probably South Africa, New Zealand, England, um, Australia. I would just throw in Argentina fifth, maybe. Is that fifth? I would, yeah. Maybe, it's an, like, it's... They're definitely level with Ireland. Like, Ireland's kind of, at the moment, they're kind of still sitting best of the rest when you take those kind of those four sides out of it. Um, so they're kind of oh. like, I guess, you know, they're kind of like a like a Spurs, aren't they? <laughs> maybe Arsenal these days. I suppose it changes all the time, doesn't it? I feel like they've had a lot of promise, haven't they, in big tournaments recently? Yeah. And it's never like it did. We thought we were going to see a real Argentina in the World Cup, and it kind of just didn't really come into fruition for them. But it looks like this championship this year is finally starting to show. I don't. We don't know if it's just the hunger and desire have been locked away for months, but the fact that they've managed to pull out two great performances now would be really interesting to see how they can push on. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Zach. I think I go. And they go where you said. Yeah, I um, think they're fifth. I think they're honestly the better than Ireland at the moment. Like, so this, and, also, 
Yeah. This Saturday is Argentina New Zealand. Can they do it again? It's gonna be hard, like because obviously Argentina are running off the back of you know just the momentum, the big move. You know, beat New Zealand, drawing with Australia in their own backyard. But then obviously New Zealand, they're not gonna lose. You know, two in a row or three in a row. Three in a row. That's crazy. Like that is. I think I think it's a moral oh, victory. Man. I know. I know we put Argentina right at the top, but I think it's a moral victory for Ireland if for Argentina, sorry, um, if we can if they can stay within touching distance of New Zealand in this game because we see New Zealand come out after poor performances and just go and kill whoever they're playing. It's what happens to them. <laughs> so I feel like that could happen. So if Argentina can stay out there and just keep within touching distance um, throughout the whole game and not just get trampled, I think I think that's a, I think that's a moral victory for them. And anything more, it's just the cherry on top. Mm. Yeah, I should agree. Just with you. finally on Argentina, I feel they deserve more respect in the in the fact of not passion merchants. They have genuinely maybe two or three players that would be knocking on the door of a a world fifteen or definitely in the world twenty three. But um, people like Pablo and Nicolas Sanchez, they're genuine world class players. They're Decent not just players. passion merchants. Um, Cracking talent and two young you, centers, which I'm really liking the look of. And yeah, just watch that space with what do you, Argentina. Tell what do you think then in terms of the likes of obviously Cordero played a lot of his rugby in Exeter, um, with the Chiefs and stuff. Do you think Northern Hemisphere size will come knocking? Especially like looking at Nicolas Sanchez. Like, who's he play for again? As he, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. Or we just you looked that up there while we. I'll I'll have a little look for you. I know he was at Stade Francais for a while. Um, not sure where he's at now. Um, a lot of them join. Um, did he join Imoff? Was that Imoff I seen on the bench as well? Like I think ever. I don't know. He's still he's still playing for Stade Francais. Yeah. Is he he still Stade Francais? So he's pretty much a Stade Francais legend. Is that fair enough? Yeah. My thing is, my what I'm trying to say is just like um, I should have known that stat. I apologize. But just in terms of like the other guys, like you're kind of more of the fringe players. You're all, all of a sudden have this platform to kind of play rugby. Obviously, Nicolas Sanchez and stuff, incredible player, always will be. Um, but like, do you do you th- what happens if more of those players kind of go to the northern hemisphere? Does I that think, does that benefit Argentinian rugby or? I think they're gonna try it? and implement. I don't know if they have already, but the cap, the certain amount of caps, then you can leave the Jaguares type thing. I think really? that's the bigger picture of Argentina. That's why I've seen a lot of the younger players kind of be in the spine of that. I don't know where they've ended up. I think. You know, I, I see where you're coming champion, from. But they don't because they don't want yeah. those boys. They don't want those boys going out to these uber competitive leagues early on and not maybe getting the development and not being because ultimately when they're at Jaguares, they're getting their ultimate focus is like babying them, isn't it, into an Argentina setup. Yeah. That's why they're there, really. So it's like the whole primary focus of that side and the selection and the development, everything is based on Argentina. Whereas if they go out to France and other countries and stuff and start playing in those divisions, they're not going to be focused on the development of just that Argentinian player. It's going to be focused on the better of you know the objectives of the team. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. I think I, I think that's the way they should do it. I don't know if that's if they got a specific cap limit yet, or is that just the way they're going to be going? Because yeah. it would make a lot of sense, to be honest. It'll be interesting to see just what happens. Can I watch the space where Argentina rugby? Like they've got the big move, and yeah, still, still, it's only two in. I, I want to see them over a course of a full rugby championship, but we'll we'll keep our tabs on them as the championship develops. 
along with that young people need to start remembering how young the Australian team is. Yeah. There's both their centers are well, Pataya's, I don't know if he, is he twenty yet? Nineteen twenty, and then the other one's young as well, and they've made the most busts, I think. Most centers busts in the rugby championship or something stupid like that. And such a young center combination that can go forward with. We'll get on to it with Ireland later, but Australia are definitely going young and having that team for a decade, which I think is how you rebuild, but we'll get on to that later on. Anyway, on to the rugby champion or sorry, from the rugby championship we go to the Op Nations Cup and I guess Fiji not playing again. So first game of the weekend. Um Ireland, Ireland against England. Um England That's won. So hey. move on to something else. <laughs> nah, we'll, we'll get into the discussion about it's good. Sorry, done. Move on. <clears throat> where do what you begin? Wrong? Like where do you begin? What, what like we were chatting about this <clears throat> before we came on and like Man, I'm just so glad I watched it by myself. That was ripping. Like, it was just, oh, it was painful. It was so painful. I, I have a theory on it. All right. I have a theory. What we were looking at between in that game was kind of what we were all thinking anyway, but we just hoped for, well, you guys, I didn't, obviously. You guys were just hoping for that moment of magic. Whereas I, was, yeah. I see a team that is a team of players that know exactly who they are in England. And I see a team of players of, they don't really know what their setup is yet, and they're still kind of recovering and a bit hungover from Joe Schmidt. And this, st- and Farrell might be trying to get away from it and build his own kind of, you know, his his own format. But it's still, it's just not quite there. And there's just there's the opposition. Obviously, with the injuries in the back line, it's not good, and it's obviously going to hinder you guys. Um, but I didn't see a team that really knew what their game plan was i didn't see a team that looked like they knew how to carry out that game because ultimately you weren't that far behind at all of the game you were never dead and buried but it looked like you would i didn't watch the game i didn't watch the last half an hour nervous at all whereas i would have been against an island of yeah. a couple of years ago for example it's just it's just like they kept pressing and kept pressing but for me in the back of my head i just knew they were never going to score like it just so many errors. Like, I don't even know where you want to begin. Like the lineout was absolutely atrocious. Let's <laughs> start with with the lineout. Um, first of all, selection at hooker. Uh, in my opinion, Ronan Kelleher has never. You'll get a Rob Herring banners out. No, but I watched the Pro 14 final and Kelleher threw about four or five, at least. Sorry if I got that stat wrong. Um, and yeah. If that is anyone else not wearing a blue jersey and they get away with it because the golfing class is so less, he is nowhere near good enough to be a, a starting Irish hooker. But because he's from Leinster, he gets shoehorned in because he's 22 and you could develop him and they've got no other young hookers to develop. Sorry, but he needs to stay in that number 16 role and just come on as an impact Two as he did in the Six Nations and just leave Herring who has proven he can throw his darts and still Herring's only 29 30 so it's not like you don't get another World Cup out of Herring and I don't see what the panic is to get a Kelleher in now I guess the whole point is that's him developing get him in get him throwing his darts but if you're just throwing squint every time it's... do what Jamie George did do your apprenticeship a good 30 20, 30 caps off the bench and be patient with him because you don't learn the line out. 
Roy Best, 120 caps in, still struggled to learn the line out. It takes time. And I just feel that was selection wise. Farrell got that completely wrong. Yeah, like he just, he was going, he was trying to like, you know, go for the young talent and all that, like, you know, development jazz and stuff like that. But just the line out, like you just, like if you catch the corner rather than going for posts, you have to at least win the line out. You know, if the if the mall collapses and the ball gets turned over, then fair, fair enough, that's the, the entire pack's problem. But like, if you can't hit the darts and it's not like there was miscommunication or, you know, the jumper jumped too late or something like that. It was just bad throwing. That's all it was. Um, yeah. Like obviously it'd be more of a professional this week with Georgia and stuff, but you gotta just wake up and realize what's actually going on here. Like it was just, that's what I honestly, I think that's what cost us the game in the early moments where we kept messing up the line out. Even Johnny Mays try, it came from a line out. Yeah. First of all, it came from a lineout that never should have happened because England had seven players in the in the lineout. But anyway, and it was a six man lineout. But oh yeah, like you just you just have to hit the target. No doubt that job. no you doubt Johnny job. May scored one of the best individual tries ever scored at Twickenham along with Ashton's one against Australia where he ran the pitch, very similar. But um maybe Johnny May's even better because he had a bit bit of bit of football to do. But um that should have been Eva Rossburn goes for goal 5-3, which is why I said pick Rossburn because he can kick. But don't pick Rossburn if he's just going to kick corners all day and not get a chance to goal kick. Exactly. exactly. One thing. Yeah, it would have been 7-5 or 5-all, but instead they're 12-0 under the sticks. Nearly much game over. Well, the one thing I want to ask you guys is with regards to the... Well, first of all, my opinion on Kelleher, it's absolutely crippling for Ireland tactically if you know that if, if you're if you're hooker like uh, I read a review on the game and the, the what the way they summarized Keller was he carried well he tackled well he played general rugby well but ultimately you are a hooker if you can't throw those darts you definitely should not be playing international level let alone playing yeah. for your club like that is the key that's your role that's like a 10 not being able to kick a ball it's just yeah. it's just it's like it's just it's stupid. It's stupid. And then the other thing I want to ask you guys on, coming from an island perspective, I know we love culture, work rate, all that stuff. What do you think mm. about Peter Amani being the next man on the end of Johnny May's foot after that run, considering that it was literally just him and I think Gibson Park or someone chasing after him? It's not um, a surprise when you got speed New demon. Zealanders, when you got New Zealanders <laughs> chasing them down that you've got New Zealander and James Lowe jogging back. you got a New Zealander and Gibson Park jogging back. James Lowe Bundiaki. was jogging. Bundiaki jogging back. I know. Peter Manny is completely born and bred. Absolutely loves Bleeds monster. green. Like... Bleeds green and he got and back there. Red. And I'm not saying you can't bleed green. Like CJ Stander, I believe, bleed green. But those boys need to show more. James, like, uh, well, genuinely, that's a good point, Harvey. Like, James Lowe was jogging back. Yeah. I, I guess he was maybe anticipating, like, him getting tackled or something like that and then resetting the line or whatever. But, like, Piero Mane is the seven. You know what I mean? And he's not exactly, like, a quick seven either. Like, he's quick as, He was know, involved in the... He's involved in line as well, isn't he? So he was literally the furthest part yeah. away from the pitch. He was. He literally was. Like, for me, we talked about it last week. You know, you have him on that team because he is just... It's passion, and that's mm. what drives the team. And like, fair, like honestly, it's incredible. If anything, 
you should be starting this week. You know, you might want to rotate and all that jazz, but just purely out of loyalty. I said that I don't mind like a Murray or Sexton after they're dropped if they come back in. For example, Ross Byrne proved he's not good enough. I'm happy for Sexton come back in. Sexton now he knows Ross, I have yeah. to perform. Ross um, Byrne maybe the same could be said yeah. with Connor Murray come back in for Gibson Park because Gibson Park maybe was a bit, bit wild, bit chill out, mates, and uh, box kick well, you know maybe bring Murray. So I don't mind players come back in and with Peter Mane, he just proves time and time again you always write him off and he'll always come back. And I know yeah. obviously we didn't win, but I feel Peter Mane was stand out in terms of just getting involved, getting in the mix. And I feel Andy has a lot of seven options. Dan Levy's back fully fit, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes later down the line. But yeah, Peter yeah, just like it just wasn't. To be honest, it was just back there. Like yeah, it was just poor. Like it was just poor. Ross Byrne, I'm just gonna call him out. Like he sucked. He was bad. <laughs> he was just bad. He just took the ball standing still every single time. Yeah. There was no momentum. They couldn't, like, there was a reason why, like, Bundy Aki couldn't get over the gate line. It's because Ross Byrne would get the ball and then just shovel it out to him and be like, here, you do all the work. I'm just going to stand here. Just he had no commanding presence on the field. He just felt Ireland were lost the entire time. And Gibson Park wasn't going to take over, like, wasn't going to fill that vacuum either. I just, I'm just, do you, oh, do you oh. ever look to Andy, Andy Farrell for that? You see the setup maybe in the attack was just completely off because of him, or is it? Or do you place it down to your nine and ten, for example? Or like, because um, I don't yeah, know. I like, felt like tactically that whole game was just like from an island perspective was just totally skewed, like totally skewed. And either that's just the lack of leadership on the pitch in those playmaking roles, i.e., you know Murray, you know Sexton. Um, I don't know. What What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I being just the think fans? It, in the bigger picture, a few big moments went against them, like that that twelve point swing where Johnny May went in alongside when Keith Earls got that was great break from Keith Earls and just got clawed down right in the line and just a lack of composure there. You needed maybe a Johnny Sexton screaming, "We're on wide!" Hit Sexton, crossfield kick, Lowe's walking it in, but instead. You got Gibson Park racing to a breakdown and firing it out as quick as he can to Hugo Keenan. Hugo Keenan gets chopped and turned over. Yeah. I just feel of an experienced head within the back line would have been a good idea. And I don't feel Bundiaki. He has only really started for maybe a year or two. So he's not that experienced. And outside of that, you had no experience. Yeah, it just wasn't it just wasn't a great Ireland performance. A lot of questions. You had two kind um, of crash ball specialists in the centre, and we did. I know, looking looking at the preview, we were saying that maybe you would have out muscled our centres just with those kind of two crash ball specialists in there. But maybe it was the lack of creativity that they had, the fact that it was just literally straight line running the whole time, the fact that they were running into a brick pool, brick wall ninety percent of the time that just nothing got past the gain line. And and credit, you know, like credit to England, especially on their defence. Like the defence was phenomenal. Uh, like there was a point at the start of the second half where Ireland kind of really up the tempo and kind of cracks were beginning to show in that big white wall. But like, like honestly, like fair play to you. you I know, went. Like, I, I got the um after the game. I got the stats up with Telf, and I'm quickly gonna try and find them now. But off the top of my head, it was something like in terms of tackles. I think Ireland had okay. roughly seventy odd tackles, and I think fifteen of them were missed. England had just between 200 and 250 tackles, I think. And I think we had 11 or 12 or 13 missed. So the percentage of missed tackles on the England perspective was 
like we're talking 5%, which is just ridiculous. I think Maratoje was 25 tackles, 25 positive hits. Like he's just an absolute monster. Um, Time and time again, like Maratoje does not get the recognition he deserves. He does get the recognition. I don't know. I don't think he does. He's getting tipped for Lions captains and previews and stuff. He's um he's a legend though. Like he honestly is just a beast. We're not just we're not just an Irish pod. Like at the end of the day, we chat all things rugby and I can I can gladly sit here and say England were very good. I don't think they yeah. even reached a level that they can reach. But they were kind I do of, they were sitting eighty percent. They were in cruise control after like sixty minutes. I do feel England though they've kind of peaked now and I just don't know if they can hold it until twenty twenty three because they kind yeah. of got their team. Youngs, Farrell, Slade, they've got Daly. I can't see anyone else getting into that team over the next few years. And it's just, can they retain this like New Zealand standard high performance, basically winning every game until the next World Cup? Or will they do a Joe Schmidt and peak too early? Well, do, you think we, do you think he's a peak? I think, no, I think, I don't think we will because... The amount of players that we're talking about, Sam Simmons, Joe Simmons, the, the boys that we're talking about that aren't even in the setup yet, that we're screaming for them to be in the setup. I still believe, and I know everyone's kind of, you know, criticizing Eddie for not bringing them in already. Eddie's got a plan. Just trust Eddie, right? As much as we hate the phrase Ollie at the wheel, but Eddie at the wheel, all right? He's got a, he's got a plan. He knows that these boys aren't just, you know, robots that are going to last for eight years, which would have been, you know, the full two cycles by the end of it. Um, he's got a plan for all these guys that aren't quite in the setup yet. The the odd guys that are coming in and playing a little bit and then kind of dipping out, Jack Willis, that kind of player. Um, that team will be very different by the time we get to the World Cup, the team that played. But yeah, I agree with you that obviously the team has been very much the same since the World Cup, as in, you know, you look at that's that my, first 15 now, there's not point, much that's though, changed. You've got to get in and get your apprenticeships done now. So Harry, are, Byrne, Harry Byrne should be coming off the bench Yes. Next year. Craig Casey should start be coming off the bench. Um, they should be getting their 10, 15 caps off the bench. One guy I do want to shout out. I know you said England weren't quite at their uh, top gear. One guy who came on and was sixth gear right from the start and was just the jackal king as soon as he came on, Ben Earl. Fair play to him. He ben literally Earl. came on, on and just raced after every single breakdown and just jackal, didn't give away hardly any penalties, got a couple of turnovers, I believe and was just an absolute monster and probably horrible to deal with. And he's 22. He's 22. how young he is. Like, honestly, he's an absolute machine. Like, for him... him like, if you want to talk about the future of... If you want to talk about the future of our back row, for example, you've got Ben O, you've got Jack Willis, you've got Tom Curry. That's three guys right there. You've got Sam Simmons, or whichever, whichever one it is. Don Brand, potentially. You've got... Billy's not 28. Billy's about 28 as well. Sam Underhill's, like, what, 24? Vinopola was one of them, like a wee David Alaba that just breaks on at 20 and just stays at Maratoge is easily... Maratoge is going to be in his prime by the next World Cup. Um, Barrel is getting to his 30s and stuff like that. So uh, We're all about Johnny Sexton coming back into the team at like 35. Farrell will be fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to put a negative on a very impressive, not just team, but England just... in general is a collective unit. Watching that the behind-the-scenes YouTube videos of them, they just seem a together group that know exactly how they play rugby in Ireland. They're still trying to find themselves. But we won the second half, 7-6. The two Ulster boys combined for the for a lovely, lovely try. 
which is a positive yeah. as we're also nice. on the pod just to yeah. show that that was a great are, try to be fair we are think... useful at rugby if you want to use us Andy and yeah <laughs> it's not all not. negatives for Ireland because then the day we get pummeled at Twickenham and we didn't get pummeled no it was yeah. good to be fair like it wasn't it wasn't a disaster it was just I think I'm just more disappointed I was at high hopes I was hoping more than anything you were right it's like Paris you were hoping they were going to do it in Paris hoping they're going to Twickenham it's just they just need that signature win because they only really win they it. They need to convince even. me. You know, you need to come out in the first five minutes, the first ten minutes, and convince me. Actually, my hope is justified here. See, after the first ten minutes, I was like, I'm holding on to Finn Air. Like, but Ireland yeah. have Ugh. France and England at the Aviva Stadium. This Six Nations. Ooh. And with the fans starting to come back into stadiums, do you think it's a good result if Ireland beat one of them? Viva or with their form at home, should they be looking to beat both of them? Um, I think you have to go out to beat both. I think you, Six Nations, you have to go out and win your home games um, if you stand any chance. Um, this is the rotation of games that are coming up. This is the same rotation that we won the Grand Slam with in 2009. Um, beat both France and uh, England at home. Um, just about being good at home. I would so, say, well, I'd say that we're the two front runners for the Six Nations. So if you've got us both at home and we know what Ireland's Forms like at the Aviva. You never know. You yeah, can just slam it, and then and then we're like, all right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. You, that's you guys, you do. Ireland thing ever. <laughs> it would be. Ireland, wouldn't it? Slams, slams are all based on fixture lists. It's it's. They not are. They picture. are like this. Although is, Murrayfield will be tough if you haven't got them at home. Murrayfield will 27, be twenty-seven. Like twenty seventeen was a fluke. Like you need the retention that we, the retention of games that we need. This upcoming cycle is the cycle that Ireland are should win slams on. You know, we'll we'll England judge Ireland. We'll judge Ireland then for the line. I guess then we talk about Murrayfield there. Scotland, France, Scotland needed their big to get their big number, and I'll tell you one thing, they got closer than Ireland did in terms of beating one of the big dogs. They're a good side, Scotland, even though they lost. They'll be kicking themselves because they should have won that game. Stuart Hogg, pump it into the corner, get a draw. That's a good result against France. But yeah, like to be fair to you know, Sturdy Hogg, obviously. I'm sure you know he's was reminiscent of Henry Slade's putting it in the corner against Saris in um, 2017. Just um, this time it didn't work. <laughs> like, like you got it. Like in that situation, he did the right thing. It's hell. Like it's hail mary time. Um, just didn't just didn't pay off. Like in terms of Scotland, like I wouldn't like the, the wheels haven't come off or anything like that. Like if anything, that they've become stronger as a unit. They'll learn from this. They'll grow from this. Yeah, fair enough. They didn't get six in a row, but. You know, Six Nations coming around the corner. It's a good time. There's a very good time to be a Scottish fan. I genuinely. said if Scotland win this, they win the Op Nations Cup. I feel they're close to winning something, genuinely. Yeah. And they're playing their third choice 10 at the end of the day. No Hastings, no Russell. And Donkey's looking yeah. decent. Donkey nailed everything off the tee. Donkey Donk loves it. Like, and he's, they've got he's another class. great option there in Chunky. And the two, the six and seven, I feel now... Watson and Richie, we kind of threw them into Lions team, bit speculative, but now that's looking like an unbelievable shot because they're both walking on. Honestly, the Lions back row is going to be so hard to protect. You consider like oh, just the English back row and the English back row that aren't on the English team, you know, the Simmons and all that jazz. <laughs> and then you've got Richie and Watson and then you're going to see Jay Sander, you know, and, you know, oh, killing dollars. Killing dollars now is... I think a certain to go. So 
Sorry, Wales. You look like you had a really good set of team about a year ago in your back row, but... Now they've still got Tipperick and all. The back row is mad, but just not back to Watson and Richie. They do it every week, and Richie's 24. Like, yeah, I didn't realise he was that young. He literally has broken on and just... Hope, I think, hopefully now, he's just going to be Scotland's... He was, he's been vice-captain a few times, so, like, he's not far off, actually, being Scottish captain after Hogg, I'd say. Yeah, like, all I say, he's... Um... I say he would probably be like that vice captain role. I think Hog, I think Hog justified himself as the leader. Um, even just the way he conducted himself after missing the kick, it's a true sign of a leader. You know, he just took it on the chin, um, and you know, here shrugged it off. Is what it is, and move on. You know, it's a good sign. Scholar are a sweet spot. Like you know, it's just for them. It's just how can they consolidate this momentum that they've got, um, and really build a platform to kind of really spring off for twenty twenty three. It's annoying though that Scotland aren't playing Fiji this week because he can't continue to, to push on. But the way the things are going, it looks like you might have a Scotland Ireland um, in Dublin for the final round, which will be great for the Scottish boys. I feel they'll go after Ireland there. And Scotland, a bit like Ireland, are just looking for a big number to put themselves properly on the map. And I guess they won in Wales, but it's a bit different because it was in Parky Scarlets and stuff. They're just looking for their big number. And it'll happen. It's gonna be. I tell you seen Argentina like, do it. It'll it eventually yeah. happens. Like if we if we say that Argentina are fifth in the world at the moment, sixth is definitely up for grabs. Um, you know. Or right, from an English perspective, would you prefer to play Scotland or Ireland at the minute? Scotland or Ireland? Uh, that's a great question. I thought you were gonna ask me Scotland or France. I was gonna say Scotland any day of the week, but um. Because you know how I feel about France, like, but um, Scotland or Ireland? Oh, are we at home, or is it either Murrayfield or Aviva? Murrayfield, Mur- they're away. Because you'll be will beat anyone at Twickenham. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I'd probably rather play. I probably would still rather play Ireland, to be honest. I think Scotland have looked really good. Don't get me wrong. Um. But they got Gregor in early. They really wanted Gregor, and they kind of pushed Vern Cotter out a bit early. But I think Gregor's coming good. Yeah, I do hope. So knowing they're playing Ireland, no, I just can't see Scotland. To me, they just—I don't know why—they still come across to me as just a chasing team. I just can't imagine them ahead in a big game, closing out a game. I just don't see them as that kind of. They always seem to be chasing. That's my issue with them. They don't, I don't see them as a winning side because I always see them as this team that are. Oh, we only need that many points. We only need this. We only need that just to try and like keep up. Like, and I feel like if you're a winning side, which is what we're trying to paint them as here, you can't be giving off that kind of perception. You've got to be a winning team, a team that's ahead, a team that comes out of the blocks, a team that keeps ahead. Do you know what I mean? I could just yeah, but I think but they're still the tra- I think the tra- they're in that transition where there's the, that is the potential to become that. I think like you gotta remember like Scotland have been chasing for <laughs> years, yeah. you know, ever since they like won the Five Nations in '99. Like, so just give them. I think I think this is this is a real pinnacle moment for Scottish rugby. We've been saying it a lot, you know, but it really is like if they can harness this and this get this foundation, this platform, um, and they keep growing, keep going from strength to strength, and actually build and build and build. You know, they'll have lots people starting the lines. They'll have a strong-looking team for 2023. 
Because they, they obviously had a golden generation. We all talk about golden generations. They had a golden generation come through in the form of Hogg, Johnny Gray, Finn Russell. You've seen they've left Glasgow now and gone to bigger clubs, like properly European giants, because they're that good. And these players are now getting towards their late 20s. They're turning into kind of the experienced heads, and they will want to win more than a cup in their lifetime for Scotland. I know <laughs> they have, which is a tremendous achievement and retaining it two years in a row. And we're very unlucky not to have it three years in a row in that big wet game where Alice Gange got over. But they'll want to win something. I know I do feel Hogg's the right man and went for broke, didn't come off. But that's a sign of the Scottish team that we're here to go for broke. We're not here to lose by seven points, yeah. which mm, a lot of people in the past would have said that would that Back in, as we said, Dominici days, that would have been a good result back in yeah. 08. But different Scottish side going well. Um, on France, I know a lot. Uh, it's been said that a lot of the players might have to go back to the top 14 and might not get to play uh, any further up Nation Cup games or some maybe a select few of them can. But we'll have to see how that develops over the coming weeks. But it'd be a shame if they can't... We, get a proper outing against England in the final. Obviously, we may be getting a bit excited here. We're, we need to wait another week before we do the final preview. But France going away to Murrayfield, putting that performance early on the Six Nations to bed and showing we can now travel and win. We're not just winning, winning Paris. They're a seriously good side. They just look like they're not... We just play rugby. Like, Ramos kicked the bites six pens in a row like they they can kick as well as score tries and then just that bit of magic will come from Vakatawa or Teddy Toma or Dupo or Antima. You know when he's back. They've yeah, got a this... serious serious side I think France. I still uh, everyone you know how I feel about France. I still think they're one of the top contenders for the World Cup just because of the youth and the way the team's going, the trajectory of the way they're going at the moment. Um I would walk I would say they walk in as now I know the fixtures a little bit more in the next six nations. It's going to be a little bit harder for France probably, but um, I would still put them as one of the front runners for the six nations. And I think they've got a serious, serious squad. And I just love the way they play. I feel like they just play open, expansive, don't care, like careless rugby, but just also there's like this level of organization that you haven't really seen from a France side for a few years. It looked like a winning side. Yeah, they do. Like they look, they look really, really good. And like we're talking about rankings and stuff like that. We actually forgot about France. Mm. You probably put France's um, answer up there. New Zealand, England, Australia. Yeah, like they're they're definitely fifth in the world. Actually, I take it back. No, but there's a clear top four. I would put I would put France alongside like Australia. Mm, I don't think they're there yet. There's just I think Camille shit. Like Australia, playing in the the final with a massive. Australia are a long way off. They're rebuilding. They're still in the rebuilding stage, but that's the scary thing about it is they're playing really sexy rugby and like they're still a year and a half away and or there's still two years to go in their rebuilding process, two and a half years even, you know, like 2023, like they are, it's going to be scary. I, I think France will still win it at this point. I guess we can kind of do the predictions for this week then. Um, Ireland, Georgia, uh, it's going to probably be a rotated Ireland side. Anyone you want to see, Zach? Um, you know, I got my list of demands. Not that Andy will 
I know he'll, you know he listens, but you'll not you'll not take him on board. But yeah, what can you do? Um, Harry Byrne on the bench. I know that probably won't happen, and I know that he hasn't been. Has he? Has he or not been included to the squad? I don't think there. He was. There was reports that he was, was going rumors. to be called up, yeah, and then that. it was they only announced Eric O'Sullivan, and in the press conference they asked Simon Easterby, "Is Harry Byrne not getting called up as well?" And he said, "At the moment, we're we're only bringing in Eric." And credit to Eric O'Sullivan, really fair, deserves yeah, that. Fair play to Played him, exceptional like. for Ulster. They went and got Jack McGrath at Lions prop in 2017, and they couldn't get in the side ahead of Eric. And really good prop, and he'll only go for strength. The strength still young for a prop, and I want to see him first and foremost against Georgia, straight in, get capped, get back to the Kingsman. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, it's a shame. I, I want to see Harry Byrne as well, but then again, he's playing week in, week out, and he's still making a few mistakes, but. Um, his kick, his kick assists for tries is exceptional. I think nearly every game he scores off a crossfield kick or a grubber, like his awareness and his ability to play on the line. I think he's a bit braver than Ross, so yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to be in. But from the players that I want to see, I, I would love to see Billy Burns get a start. I feel he came off the bench, looked good, looked attacking. I think Billy Burns is one of the best attacking chip kickers in the game. People might laugh at that, but. He does. He does have a decent dick on him, as he's seen for the Stockdale try. And I'd like Stockdale to get another run at fifteen against a Georgia side that he could dismantle, and then maybe get two or three in and get into the twenties for test tries, which is incredible. At twenty-four, yeah. you've seen Johnny Mays on thirty. Stockdale's nearly on twenty, and he's got six years on him. I'd like to see Stockdale yeah. on on the wing, just go and score a hat trick like Stockdale of Stockdale of old. I think Keenan's about 15 on him. Interesting. Mm, I don't know about that. but we. Uh, Keenan did get found out a few times and I feel it was a bit of a baptism of fire. It's not that easy. There's no fight on the floor. Anyway, here. We were done roasting Ireland. Um, (laughs) Predictions, predictions. Predictions. Like Ireland, they'll win. It's just a question of how they win. It's not even a question by how much they win. It's just how they win. Um, I think, honestly, the just as worse, just as bad as a loss would be winning like Wales won at the weekend. Like if they put in a performance like Wales, that's just as bad as a loss, even with rotation. Um, Georgia probably getting tired in terms of this intensity week in, week out. They're not used to it. They're not used to playing good teams week in, week out. Um, I like to think Ireland will put them away. Russia. Um, you know, I, I love Humphreys and Doki, but you know, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Um, so I'll go Ireland win. Hopefully, I just if it's a bonus point win, then that's a that's a that is a win, you know. Um, I'm going as well. I'm going 35 plus. Yeah, I'm going 47. And if they do get the wow. 35 plus, obviously that then means whoever tops the group depends on England Wales straight after. Could you see Wales? I know they're at home. Do you, could you see Wales beating England and maybe Ireland go top in the group or that fantasy world? That is, uh, that is, that'll be some pod next week. Like, <laughs> um, uh, that is, you know, I'm sure the odds would be nice to stick a quid on it, but, um, nah, nah, it is one of them that you'd stick a quid surely, on it. Maybe, surely just, just because it's in Wales, though, just because it's in Wales, that's it. you know, Parky Scarlets, but uh, that's, I don't know. I just, I, I understand where you're coming from, Telfan. I don't know if it's just because you've mentioned it literally every hour of every day that potentially Wales could win, that it's suddenly starting to creep into the back it's of my head. It's still Wales. It's but, still 
I know what you mean. It's still Wales, but World it's the Wales that literally limped past Georgia. No, like that was deep. a fully rotated Welsh side. To be fair, I don't care. I don't Huge care. It's Georgia. It's Georgia. Um, nah, England are going to win. I don't think it's going to be like a big flamboyant win. I think it'll just be a win. I think we're just business like fifth gear, get it across the line. Twenty-two seven, something like that. Interesting. What I'm going to go for. I'm going to go Wales win. But what are you going they for? won't win by enough. They won't. Ireland maybe will get 30 odd. Um, Wales, England will be close to Wales, and England will still top the group in points difference. But I do think Wales will go out there, and then you'll have Alan Jones on the mic being like, We're not done yet. People are writing us off every week. We are Wales and we have passion, and just they will turn up. And finally, welcome to the party, Wales, because they've been away for a bit. I do feel this is the time Wales put themselves back on the map. I really do. Yeah, I hope um, for your sakes and Welsh fans and Scottish fans that you are right. But for me, being a British Englishman, not British Englishman, um, let's go out and beat them. Go out and beat them. Wales are going to get pummeled. <laughs> 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 Wales are going to get thumped. I don't like Telfair. I know you're like a dreamland right now, but like my word, they're going to get absolutely pumped. Like I'm excited to just watch an absolute bloodfest. <laughs> um, I fully expect England to, but it depends. Like even with England, maybe with the rotations and stuff, so all the Lawrence's up. But um, I'm fully expecting. Be interesting. I know it's a bit annoying. Irish teams not actually out by now, but well, I'll make yeah. I can make more of a judgment when maybe, I see team selections. Maybe high is coming on. Um, but yeah, boys. I guess the final one: Italy, France. Any shocks? Where's Italy that? Win. Easy. That France. <laughs> You know, uh, I'll tell you one thing. If Jack was fit, <laughs> I would give Italy a shout. Uh, I think France will rotate with, with the top fourteen and um on all that Calabarca going on. Uh, but they will like, rotate. You know, it's speculation, so I don't know. Like to be honest, um, you probably rotate, get the win, and then play England. It's probably how it works, you know. They probably rest in preparation for England. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, like? hopefully they're all there for the final anyway. But um, we're all going for. A French win there. I'm not going massive French win, but just a decent, decent because a French B team nowadays is still very good. They get into that decent. stage, but um, yeah, All Nations Cup. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it on Prime. Um, hope you, hopefully, you are knows yeah, like. Prime, yeah, Prime yeah. is slick, slick coverage, like it's decent. I got my, I got myself the free trial for a month. <laughs> you, just need, you just need to pay. I, my, my scary thing is right. I can't remember when I like all renewed. My membership, or when? Oh, I set up. a date on my calendar, so I know. Yeah, so I don't know. So I'm just waiting for that sixty quid to just be whisked away uh, from my account. I'm so scared. Uh, I know, boys. We'll join you again. Well done, Harvey. Again, England win. Um, I can't wait for February when we're talking about Ireland pummeling England. Uh, at the Viva, it will happen. Just be patient. But thanks, boys, and I'll catch you next time. Remember to like and subscribe and share this as much as you can on Spotify and other social media platforms and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Cheers.